0: You're listening to the Coach T Podcast,
1: hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. I am your host, Isaiah Thomas. As always, I am bringing the best and brightest wrestling coaching minds that I know of, that I've been around, and helping those young coaches learn from these guys that have had success, either as competitors, as coaches. And I got a real treat for you today. One of my oldest friends and the greatest Grand Haven Buccaneer wrestler, of all time. Yeah, I said it. I said it right here and I've said it multiple times. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. John Cox. John, how are you doing today?
0: Well, that's quite the wel- welcoming, Zeke. Jeez, I, uh, that's a lot to live <laughs> up to. I don't know if I would introduce myself in the same sort of manner, but uh, I'll take it. God, I'm, I'm. If you wonder what I'm doing right now, I'm floating in this chair. That's that's some compliments.
1: <laughs> well, you know, gotta make you feel good. You know, this, this is not your first podcast. so I'm trying to give you a different uh, experience
0: here. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> it. It's funny, you know. I I I listen to a few of your podcasts now, and I'm going to go on a limb and probably bet that there's very few that will ever be on this podcast that have known you for as long or maybe sometimes as, as in some cases as close as I have um you know and, and I don't eat we'll probably go through a a couple of stories here but uh you know you and I we have some history so this is a, this is a pleasure I i love uh I love listening to your podcast and hearing all the the old Michigan wrestling voices and, and people that I've interacted with uh, throughout my time and uh it's it just uh, it's a treat to be here and, and thanks for having me buddy.
1: Oh, anytime, anytime. You, you, you've you been one of the ones, I'm like, man, I got to get John Cox on here. Whatever I got to do, I got to get John on here. So, uh, me and John actually go way back to 96, my first year of wrestling. John had, was wrestling for the Olchemus Wrestling Club, if I'm correct, me, right? Let me, I want to yeah. make sure I'm getting this right.
0: Yeah, uh, not, a lot of, not a lot of people know this. I'm originally from Lansing, Michigan. Um, my, my parents were divorced, and uh, my dad lived in Lansing, and my mom lived in Grand Haven, and I split time between the two. And, uh, yeah, I... I, it it's funny because I've essentially led two lives doing that, right? So I had my, my Lansing friends and I had my, my Grand Haven friends. And as time went on, uh, everybody would start to mingle. And it, it was really, I wish you had the, the kind of perspective that I have, kind of seeing you interact with uh, some people that I know and respect uh, for a long time, like Brian Lancaster, and, and seeing uh-huh. you guys have such a great relationship. And I'm like, wow, that really works because they're, they're two people that have had a lot of influence in my life. <clears throat> and uh it's just it's been really fun to uh to watch these these two worlds of mine kind of meld together it's uh it's been fun
1: oh yeah oh yeah um it, it, and i'm trying to think so so you're originally kid, and then um the next connected was your sophomore year uh you had just i want to say you won the districts that year correct me if i'm wrong yep okay one districts and you were going to work out with one of our mentors who I've talked about a lot on this podcast, uh Hall of Famer Larry Powell. And uh and that's how we kind of reconnected, and through there um got to watch you wrestle at the state finals your sophomore year where you made it to the I want to say you made it to the semifinals that year, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah, yep. I made it uh, to the semis a couple of years. There was that uh I had a, that chorellaitis itis a couple of years <laughs> in a row. I just couldn't yeah. uh, couldn't shake it to save <laughs> could, my life.
1: Could not shake it and now... Um, so then that summer, the summer, our sophomore year, so 2000, I make the national team, you're on the national team, and we get to be uh, teammates, which was, I have to, that was such a great experience. I tell people all the time, one of my best wrestling experiences was being on Team Michigan and being with guys like yourself and Roger Roger Kish and Casey Streeter, Paul Donahoe, um, the, BJ Frazier. The list goes on and on. The talent we had on that cadet team. Uh, and, 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 the, and the things that we able to do, uh, in the, in the late great, um, Chase Metcalf was oh, on yeah. that team also. Uh, it, it was just, just a lot of fun. And, uh, I, I told this story in the beginning and I hate to do this, John, this is actually the first time I've ever done this on a podcast where I kind of take the reins a little bit and I'll come yeah, back heck. to you, yeah, no, but, heck. but John saw me at my, at my, at my lowest and at my highest as a competitor. So my junior year, um, my de- my brother had passed away the year prior. And, and John was one of those soothing voices, even through uh, Team Michigan and everything else. Um, that individual region was my junior year. It's at Grand Haven. And it actually was on the day where my brother would have been 21 years old. So I'm dealing with a lot of emotions, obviously. I make it to the blood round. I lose to a kid that I beat earlier in the year. And I'll never forget. I'm like sobbing. I am just like I'm bawling my eyes out. And you're there, massaging my shoulders, consoling me, uh, along with uh, Coach Mira of Grand Ledge and my coach. And and I just remember that that feeling of man, God, like why, why, why? Well, fast forward to our senior year. I'm in the same position. Need to win a match to make eights. And as soon as I won that match. You were like the first or second person I saw after the mat and you gave me this big hug and like, man, we're going to the palace
0: together. And it was like, I remember that. I I remember that very vividly. That's yeah. Wow. That's a great memory. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, no, man. It was, it was, it was amazing. It it came full circle. And I tell that story like all the time for, for kids that um, they need some inspiration to understand, like you, it doesn't matter how you just got to make it to the podium and you can advance and and give yourself a chance to be an all-state wrestler so i really appreciate the, the the help that you you your guidance and everything else and the motivation that you gave me um during those formative years
0: I well, it's very humbling to hear you say that there oh, that's 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 awesome and it, likewise you know you, you've been such an inspiration for me to, you know same thing picking me up when i'm down and, and uh giving me a you know the high fives and the hugs when things have been up it's been uh, quite a time and i'm so glad we've kept in touch over the years as well it's been uh you know, it's been quite a great friendship. Uh, miss your, you know, miss your father every day. I think about yeah. him all the time. End your mom, oh, yeah. um, You know, best your family. And uh, thank you. Yeah. It's been, it's been a great friendship, buddy.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So tell me, how did you get involved in this great sport of wrestling?
0: Well, yeah, that's uh that's a great question. Cause my dad's not a wrestler right now. I'm the only <laughs> real wrestler. I'm the only person who finished four years of wrestling in high school, uh, in my family. Um, my, like I mentioned before, my parents were divorced and, I uh, had when my mom got together with my stepdad. Um, he had a son who's quite a bit older than me. He's like six, seven years something like that. And um, I, uh, you know, I think he's pretty cool, just like most people think their older brother's pretty pretty cool, right? And he was this wrestler, and he's he was he was in Waverly. He went to Waverly High School. Um, mm-hmm. Was in the same high school as Musin Muhammad at one point. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, yeah. So we, it was funny seeing his, him uh, throughout his Michigan State career too. Uh, mm-hmm. But I digress. He. Um, you know he he had a varsity letter and he this is this is back around when like you know the Terminator movies were big right so he he would wear the, the Terminator sunglasses and I thought I thought he was pretty neat I'm like oh, okay what's us that's an older brother figure I should try to emulate and he, you know I, I just decided just to you know ask my parents to let me try wrestling one time at the Okemos Wrestling Club and uh you know it was it's been uh been a career ever since it really took off from there eh uh huh
1: oh yeah oh yeah I I find it you know I tell people your story all the time so in high school Grand Haven. Your freshman year, and, and really throughout your career, you were known as the head and arm guy, which is quite interesting because last night I got back into coaching after taking a year off. I'm coaching middle school wrestling at the school that I teach at, Pinconning, and a lot of my kids, won, or I should say three of my kids, won their matches throwing a headlock. Not as good as yours, I might add. It's quite sloppy because I've never taught them that, but they've seen it. You know, I told them, hey, watching YouTube what. So uh, it made me think of you. And and how you uh, you would hit that in a variety of different ways, what how did what went into like the technique behind being so good at hitting a sack headlock?
0: I, I, I really don't know. And you know, people ask me how I do it all the time. Uh, it's even hard for me to explain. Uh, I see a lot of people more in the uh, in the Middle East, in, in like the, Ka- the Kazakhs the and uh, and the Tajikistani's. They mm. they do kind of a, a sag headlock like mine where you go, you know, you throw it hip to hip and kind of kind of out from left field um, mm. and you never really see it coming. But, uh, you know, it's always been very consistent. It, it's funny you mentioned that because I I remember the very the very minute that I realized I had a good headlock. It was at the um scholastic, the schoolboy duels. Um, mm. I think I, I think that was in Indianapolis, maybe. But yeah. um but yeah, then uh, some guy just came up to me. He's like, man you have a good headlock i'm like oh okay like i guess i, I don't even i do not really know what i was doing i was just like just throwing the thing you know and then mm-hmm. it got to, to the point where i was at the olympic trials and i it was, just, it was like my persona at that point my, my teachers <laughs> actually said got headlocks on it you know it was just it's something i've always just come to love it's has uh, been been made a made a career out of a headlock who'd have thunk it
1: it's a, it's a great great move um so your freshman year you were you are a behind, uh I want to say, one of the Jervis brothers. Yep. Correct Correct me if I'm wrong. Which one? Because I'm going to get this wrong, I know. Yeah.
0: So the current head coach, Vince Jervis.
1: Yes. So you were behind Vince Jervis. And, and you, like I've talked to a lot of people, like you've had the kind of the opportunity to be coached by some Hall of Fame level and Hall of Fame coaches. Uh Your first coach, Jack Provincial, who uh, I probably don't talk enough about, one of the greatest human beings you'll ever meet in your life. Um Coach that New Lothrop, coach at Eaton Rapids, and really made Grand Haven into what it continues to be to this day. Um, what was it like being coached by Coach Provincial?
0: Yeah, uh, you know a lot of the good coaches they're real tough, and he was he was as, as tough as they came, but uh, he knew how to love you too at the same time. And gosh, you know he's not like he's not like me where I like to be really loud and funny. He's just mm-hmm. very like silent funny, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and he's uh, you know he just has that very you know mon- monotonous like kind of just speed to him but it's like hilarious at the same time that's kind of how, how he you know kept a a good you know persona with everybody it was it was very uh it was quite the experience but man he could he could kick up the heat and from people that I've talked to he's they've coached in his past as well uh you know over, like times when he was in New Lothrop uh, I heard he, he used to kick it up quite a bunch in fact I, I believe I believe Adam's Coons Adam Coons dad was was coached by Coach Revenzel. <laughs> <laughs> and his author, believe it or not, uh huh, yeah. Oh my God.
1: small world! It's Crazy how yeah. wrestling all connects each other. Uh, Coach Kuhn of Fowlerville who I uh, great another great person that, that I've had the privilege of working with as an official. He's coached me in the past and everything. And uh, you will probably know his son Adam Kuhn who's a pretty good wrestler at the University of Michigan, three time All American and a world silver medalist and Greco and a lot of great great people, great accolades. So oh,
0: yeah,
1: your freshman year. You take fifth in the state. Did you did you think that was gonna happen? Like what was your mindset going in there?
0: No, and let me clear this up for everybody right now because a lot of people probably wonder, like I'm sure a lot of people look at the record book and think that I, I wrestle a lot better than Vince at the state championships. I just I, I had a, I had a couple of good headlocks that day and I kinda got lucky. Let, let's call it let's call it spade a spade, right? I just <laughs> I, I always say I will go down in Michigan wrestling history as the only person who ever placed in the state only hitting a headlock that, <laughs> that was it i didn't use anything else just a headlock and uh, uh i developed my game a little bit more from there but yeah i just you know i just went in there i was just a dumb kid and uh i just gave it all i had and it kind of worked out and uh, you know you know how this sport is it, you know the mental game is 90 percent of it if your head's in the right place you're going to beat some people so uh I, right. I think that was the the key to my success there but i i learned the next year when i took fifth again uh that you might need to develop a couple things outside of an upper body throw, uh, in order to be great. And that was, uh, that was definitely the case.
1: Right. I, I still remember you being upset that you had, you had placed fifth twice. You're like, place in fifth. This is ridiculous <laughs> type of deal. Um, but yeah, so, so you saw for you take fifth and then you get it. Uh, not really do coach, but coach Jamie Richardson, yep. who I've talked about on the podcast before, who gave me some motivational words after I lost my first match at States, kind of gave him the whole, you know, if you give it everything you got, you have nothing to be ashamed of and it, it really motivated me to, to to win that match and go on to place what was it like being coached by him and what was kind of the difference was between him and coach Provincial?
0: yeah um so you know I talked to uh I talk about coach R all the time uh he's definitely one of the biggest influences on my life I, I look at him and always feel like he will be a second father figure to me um he had a very similar style but he was also a lot more militant you know he's ever in the military but he always kept a very just structured very and you know it was easy to tell what he expected of you during the day uh he would write the lesson well coach our coach p did that too but you know they would write the the plans leave them on the walls you knew what the workout was coming to and um there was no deviating from the plan and you were going to follow the plan or you're out and that's kind of uh that's kind of how they ran the room and uh everybody fell right in line um it was you know i'll never forget like uh, we always thought it was a an awesome break at the end of practice for conditioning with the, uh, the 10 perfect jumping jacks. And it had to be like, like, perfect, like, <laughs> like, like perfect. And he would, he would sit there and rip us apart until we did it perfect. And like, that was just the, the kind of uh, expectations he had for me. And I ate it up, man, that, that, that type of style that we really bended well together. Um, you know, he helped me out through a lot of big decisions I had in my life. Um, he was you know just such a great mentor, such a great coach, uh, such a great father figure. Um it was just it, it couldn't have been a better fit. I was it was just a, a very great experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Very positive coach. I always love bumping into him and, and catching up with him and, and all the great stuff that he's done. He's a former Michigan State wrestler too, wrestled for Coach Preventure at Eaton Rapids and had a very successful resident state champion and national qualifier for Michigan State. Yeah. Um junior year, come back, you take third, and then your senior year you were one of the favorites in my opinion to to win the state title 152 and one of the things that you did that i tell people all the time is you would seek out the best competition even bumping up weight classes to seek the best competition where did that come from
0: i don't know i just think i like to piss everybody off to be honest with you (laughs) like i remember my my junior year i bumped up two weight classes in conference just to do it just to be like yeah i'm i'm the man like you can't you can't mess with me you know you can't Mm -hmm. touch me i'm too good for you obviously i'd play third that year but you know i just i i just it was just part of me i just i had to let everybody know that i was the best there was no there was no question i was going to go up and do it you know and mm-hmm. you know what's really great i had my senior year really taught me a lot about um not just wrestling but you know de- learning how to deal with disappointment in general mm-hmm. right i had a i had last year. I to believe you, you were there though Eastern, i right? was there <laughs> yeah you know i had a I had a finals loss uh, to a guy who didn't even end up placing in the state. It was up away class, but still, uh, you know, I, 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 should have beat him. Um, and he had, he got my, he had my number that day. And I, yeah. I was, I was so disappointed. I was cr- crying. I was like a baby all night, like literally all night. <laughs> and you know, I'll get back to my, my dad's house. and I can to spend the night there. And, um, you know, I, and I just start writing. I start writing down like, Hey, you gotta refocus. Hey, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. Like, you can't let these things get by you. You gotta you know, you're gonna go and you're gonna find everybody else and you're gonna show the world who you are. And I, I actually fell asleep on the couch with that, um with that letter on on the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And my dad wakes me up the next day. He's like, Hey, I saw what you wrote. If you do that, you're gonna you're gonna make it this year. You're gonna win, but you just you gotta stick to it. And uh, yeah. that they really, they they was a, a big turning point in my life, not only at, at that point for it in sport, but, uh, you know, in life in general, whenever I felt down, it's like, hey, if you, if you get down, you got to refocus, man. Uh, there's, still, mm-hmm. uh, there's still time left on the clock. And as long as there's time left on there, there's, there's, a, there's a chance to win. And it, was, uh, it was quite a refocusing effort. Fast forward a little bit that year. And, um, you know, I knew I, my buddy Clint, Clint again, Listen, man, if you're listening to this, I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to tell this story. Okay. I'm not trying to talk. You're one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and I love you. But I, uh, you know, I, I wanted to let everybody know, like, hey, that loss, that loss mattered to me, you know, them early in the year. And I want to let everybody know that that was a fluke. So I, I went out and I knew I was going to see Clint over at the Portage tournament. Uh, when Clarkson was over there, and uh, mm-hmm. I bumped up, and you know, we had just a barn burner. I mean, I wish anybody who was there in that gym knows that was a special match. We it, mm-hmm. it was like a one nothing last second, you know. And I I slipped I slipped the win past him, and I, I feel like I really avenged that, you mm-hmm. know. And and what's what's good about that is I think I helped Clint win that state championship that year, right? He mm-hmm. had Roush yep. in the finals, yep. and that's Roush is no slouch. Chad, I yep. love you too, man. If you're listening to this, I'm not talking smack anyway. But you know, I I don't think Clint would have won that match had he not lost to me. And I don't think I would have won my match against Clint or a state championship match had I not lost to, to George and mm-hmm. East Lansing. So, you know, yep. it, it, they tell me a lot about losses. You know, life is not always about being undefeated all the time. It's about, sometimes it's just about learning lessons and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, ref, been learning how to refocus. And that year has been one of the more formative years and going through that experience, um, it's just been one of the more formative experiences I've had that I always look back on in my life.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Clint DeGay was another kid that was on our national team also. Uh, yeah, and the refocusing after a loss, I remember watching that loss, and in my opinion, I didn't think Tom George just wrestled the best match he, he's ever wrestled in his life in that match that day. And uh, he was an interesting – he's my story I tell a lot, too, about he beat you, and he was on a pretty – he was undefeated going into the the individual regionals before he lost in the regional finals. Mm-hmm. Then he lost at our All Star Honor Roll meet in Lansing, and then he went zero two at states. Yeah. You know, talk about just you know just the highest of highs and then the lowest of lows, and, and then difficulty trying to refocus and get back to that mountain. Um, you win your state title, and and I think a cool part about your weight class that year is that the top three guys, including yourself, were all from the same conference. All from the OK Red with uh, you you beat Michael Paul, who was my teammate at MCC, uh, ended up being a national MCC and a a national champ at Grand Valley. And Jason Fuller, who was another one of my another one of our teammates on Team Michigan, along with being a teammate of mine at MCC. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Have wrestling Michael Paul the second time um, in the state finals.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I was I was a nervous wreck wrestling him, you know, again, I knew he was good. Like I knew I knew I could probably beat him, but you know, it was my first trip to the to the big match. You know, it's something I'd worked like my entire life to get there. And anybody who saw that match, like, knew that I puked three times at the side of the mat right before. And I'm like, uh oh, like I might be in trouble. Um, you know, I the first time I I wrestled him was uh, you know, remember it was a clash of the titans. It was in his own gym. Mm-hmm. they had the spotlight and then i got a bad call and everything but i still just felt very confident i didn't you know i i expected that i was going to win uh that state championship match was you know it was it was kind of a wild card and i was nervous and uh you know he got up early out uh, of something i i tried and slipped on but luckily I, I recovered um and you know it all worked out and uh thank you mike for uh, for a great match that was that was really great um you know something i, I always look on endearingly i hope you do too Um, yeah, and it was, a you know, I had my state championship and I was able to to ride into the sunset. So that was pretty (laughs)
1: awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. So you go to senior nationals, you do really well. You take third in the country at at the senior high school nationals. What made you choose the Naval Academy and to be coached by another hall of famer, coach Burnett?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he was a big influence on that decision for sure. Um, you know, one of the, the most winningest coaches of all time. Um, and just a, just a very great person. Uh, I I compare him and, and Coach P a lot, Coach Prentzel a lot. Um, they just, they're very similar swaggers, very similar styles, uh, very structured people, and I just felt like we were going to work well together. But, um, on on top of that, you know, my my parents couldn't pay for college, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I, had, I had to I had to fund my own college, and and uh, you know, I had a you know, a couple of great offers from some very respectable schools, and that was very exciting in Michigan. But I had to get out of Michigan. I, I knew it was just time for me to to. to Get out and, and do something else, and and take the sport and kind of travel with it a little bit. Um, so you know, I decided to, uh, you know, for go to a place out in Annapolis, Maryland. I knew it had something to do in the military, but anybody who lives in Michigan knows there isn't a lot of military around. So don't really know a whole lot about it. So right. I'm just I was kind of like, all right, well, I just you know, I, military, right? So I'll just go do that. Um, hmm. yeah, and so it, just, it kind of just you know checked all the boxes. It was a great school, um, great tuition, great price point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it was, out, it was out of Michigan I just I felt like it was it was just the right fit and it was d1 and I knew I wanted yeah. to go go for a d1 national championship so it just mm-hmm. it, it just made sense there, there wasn't any other place I was gonna go
1: yeah and you end up being a starter and a multinational qualifier around the 12 guy you you were in the mix every year that you were in the lineup so what an experience as as a uh, to be a college athlete a division one athlete and to make it to the show uh, so after your career, your college career ends and you serve our country, which thank you for your service. Really appreciate what you and other military members have done in protecting our country and, and, and maintaining our freedoms here and across the world.
0: Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, so after you're done with that, what made you give this great, crazy idea that, you know what, maybe I'm trying to make the Olympics now? <laughs>
0: yeah so where i worked in the in the marine corps um i worked as a logistics officer so and i was in charge of uh, like of trucks and and doing convoys and stuff like that and i was uh you know attaching to infantry battalions and helping them work up for iraq and afghanistan at the time but my where i worked uh was this big motor pool the big pool of trucks uh that was just Caddy corner uh from the marine corps wrestling team where the marine corps wrestling team gym was so i tried just to uh you know just get a workout in every every chance i could and i kind of you know, started helping train MMA fighters, and, and I was, you know, like, oh, you know, you know I'll, I'll teach you some. They would call me in, and I'd, I'd help, you know, some specialized wrestling techniques. And then, you know, then I started doing a little bit of, a little bit of Muay Thai and a little bit of boxing. Now I think <laughs> I'm an MMA fighter like everybody else, right? And uh, I'll, I'll never forget, I go to my wife one night. I'm like, honey, like my my buddy Lee, he's got, uh, he's got me scheduled for a pro fight here soon. I think I'm gonna try MMA, and she's like, John, listen, like i've been i've been watching you get ma- maimed and pummeled for years now like what about the olympics i thought we were gonna try to go to the olympics i'm like well either we're gonna try to go mma you're gonna try to go to the olympics she's like well i mean come on like one's one's street brawling and another one's art like let's what about what do you think about the olympics can you, can you do that for me i'm like yeah you know i'll do so that we kind of chose to, to pursue the olympics um and, and go full speed ahead and i was i was blessed enough after i came back from afghanistan to uh Earned permanent orders um, to the Marine Corps wrestling team, which is just was such a great experience. It, mm-hmm. it, and it, if you ever get a chance to wrestle for a living, please go ahead. It is mm-hmm. it, it is awesome. You know, I traveled the world. I went to you know Finland and Amsterdam and, and all over the, you know all over the country and put on PR events and, and camps and clinics for the Marine Corps. And it was such a such a positive experience. And by the way, I got to to fight for world team and Olympic team spots this uh, mm-hmm. process it, and that was that was my job I to, to do that to work out and to prepare for the Olympics every single day and it was just such a great experience I mean what's what's not to like about it you know
1: yes yes and uh, we were rooting for you there I mean just to, to qualify the olymp for the Olympic trials is, is a yep. you know, bring it forward after your competitive career was over uh, you know you take, take some time you, you have get three boys if I remember correctly. Um, oh yeah. With your your oldest in seventh grade now, it just it just makes me feel so old. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. I just got uh, done coaching his uh coached his practice. is it, it in the state of New York. You can wrestle varsity in seventh grade. So now hmm. I'm I'm I have a varsity athlete, and which is you, we're old, man. We're old. <laughs> we are old.
1: We are old. Um, yeah. And tell me. So, I guess I, I have two more questions for you. Basically, what's it like coaching your own child in a sport that you know a lot about um i haven't had the privilege yet i've coached my kids in soccer which i know nothing about so what's what's that like
0: you know i you know i have how i feel about it then how i really feel about it you know i, I would <laughs> i i would love to just sit back in the stands in ignorance and watch them play something i don't i wish they play tennis or something something i right. don't know all the, the ins and outs of you know watching anybody, anybody you care about, it doesn't have to be your kid, but anybody you care about try to play a sport that you know very, very well is, is tough. Cause you want to, you want to push them and you want to correct them, but you don't want to burn them out either. Right. And there's a, you don't know when to put on the gas and, and when to take it off the gas. I just kind of let him, I'm trying to let him, you know, drive me in, on how hard he wants to be pushed. Um, I think my old, you know, my oldest definitely wants to be pushed hard. My middle child, you know, he, he's probably really into it. I'm, I'm still trying to see where he wants my, my, youngest the same you know um I'll, I'll support them in anything they want to do but if they don't know what they don't what they want to do i'm going to choose for them and so this is the sport until they tell me <laughs> otherwise um which is fine i would, you know i would support them in anything they want to do which is which is which is great but uh yeah it's it's surreal it's a surreal experience it's a challenge to to not say things but you know to kind of ride that fine line of, uh, mm. of letting them hone it in and have it be their thing i mean you could you can coach a kid and Wake him up for, for practice. This is how I feel. You know, you, you <laughs> coach a kid, wake him up for practice, wake him up for extra workouts, so you're blue in the face. But un, until they own it, until they make it theirs, right. you
1: know, they're,
0: they're only going to be so successful in anything that they do.
1: Right. No, I, I agree. Um, I'm really excited for my youngest Everest to, to wrestle. It's going to be – it's cute. It's exciting. Girls wrestling is a big thing now, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, the growth of it. Uh, during our time, I, I, I want to say Kirsten LaBelle of Davidson uh, – Oh, yeah. Cynthia Harold of Saginaw Buena Vista was the first female state qualifier and how it's grown. I had an opportunity to coach a magnificent uh, young lady in Lydia Roop to a state finals appearance as a freshman in right. girls wrestling. It's just uh, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing how wrestling really in, co- encompasses every person. I mean, think about the people we've mentioned and the different backgrounds and things that they've gone through and they've had success in the sport. You just can't really say that about other sports, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I actually coached my uh, my best friend's daughter, who was just a, a super athlete, and uh, she decided five years ago to take on the sport of wrestling. And she she really just it was just the right fit for her. Man, I mean, she's she was a Fargo All American this past year. She was at uh, she was showcased this, this past weekend. I was I was just in a hotel in Jersey this weekend, uh, watching her kick butt at uh, Grapple at the Garden, and it's mm-hmm. really just been such a such a wild experience seeing, um, how, how female wrestling has been, uh, has been shaped and is is taking off. And, you know, I, I she'll look back on these years someday knowing like, wow, like I was a real pioneer in this, I was mm-hmm. a real pioneer in that sport. Kind of like how I, how I look at Michigan, Michigan wrestling now or NCAA wrestling or mm-hmm. seeing these, these NCAA athletes being able to, uh, to have opportunities to make money now. Right. I yeah. mean, we were part of that. We were, we were part of them being able to do that. And I don't know how your feelings are on anything, but, Hey, in my mind, if if you can make money, then go ahead and make your money. And the fact that they're, that's I, I think that's just going to help the sport continue to be more competitive and continue to to grow more. Now that they have those opportunities, I feel like we kind of help make that for them. So that's how yeah. I feel about
1: it. Yeah, that big push by the athletes before them to give them the opportunity to have the name, image, and likeness, so they can make money. I I can remember as doing wrestling camps, I tried to just I tried to get camp people that were already done with their eligibility because I didn't want to mess them up and have them be ineligible because I paid them to be at the wrestling camp. So uh, with this, I mean, I would have been going after pretty much everybody. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, my last question to you, John, um, for those new coaches out there that are looking to get their skin in the game, so to speak, what is some advice to you as a person that's been around some great coaches and you're, competitive career. You're a great coach in yourself and what you've been able to help with this. uh, How do you pronounce the school's name? Kusaki. Kusaki. You've been there for a long time and seen the growth of that program from where it was to where it is right now, where it's producing some true hammers. What, What would you say to those coaches, what they need to do?
0: yeah um so you know i I can teach a lot of good wrestling moves and, and kids can learn wrestling moves and coaches can learn wrestling moves and coaches can learn how to teach wrestling moves and then, and wrestling's great and and conditioning's great, but you know like I, I I tell our head coach all the time like I can teach anything you want to all day long, but the best thing I can teach the kids is um how to be tenacious and how to be confident um that's you know getting their head in in the right space and, and learning how to you know be more Ferocious and tenacious than the person standing across from you on the mat, uh, learning how to be, how to, how to want to be faster and stronger and better than them, um, and and getting that intrinsic fire burning is is by far the the biggest key to making it a successful athlete, um, in my opinion. So I, I'd say concentrate more on the confidence, concentrate more on uh, on on the structure of a person's soul and a person's you know well being and everything else to take care of itself. Nice. Said well said. I couldn't leave without one last story
1: from our from our story friendship (laughs) here. Um, So (laughs) the summer of our senior year, we went to um, we went to the uh, a a teen called the Orbit Room and hung out with some of our wrestling buddies and had a great time. So um, you were actually, I think you were staying. So we were driving back to Lansing, and we called ninety (laughs) six point. Oh man! Best <laughs> part about the story: we drove around for like an extra 15 minutes. You didn't drive, until we heard remember. that shout. And then when we did, we were so excited. that <laughs> was, like, it was in my Suzuki,
0: I think. We were driving around my little red yeah. Suzuki.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, man. oh man, good times! Well, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for everything. I appreciate you being on the podcast, and looking forward to more great things. From you and your program, and and the, and thank you for the advice that you're giving these young coaches. They're going to eat it up and use it for their for their uh, programs.
0: Awesome! Hey, thanks for listening to me ramble. Sorry for the tangents, everybody. I tried to uh, try the best I could, but thanks for having me, Isaiah. Uh, good <laughs> luck on the podcast, and and uh, you know I love you, man. I'll I'll talk to you later.
1: <laughs> love you too. Thank you, man. Peace. All right. See you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.